You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jane Lee, who covers the athletics for MLB.com. And Jane, we have another week in the books, and we are in the middle of our next spring training week. And we've got a bunch of different things to get to. Uh, but again, first and foremost, how are you doing? Are you getting sleep? Are you eating properly? <laughs> I am. I am sleeping. Um, I actually have a couple days off starting today. So okay. time to kind of reset. Okay. Well, we won't take too much of your time then so you can get back to the important things uh, like being a normal human <laughs> for a couple of days. I want to talk first about Jorge Mateo, uh, and he made his spring debut uh, by the time you are listening to this. He's made his debut, um, and you wrote about how he may be too good to be true and touted as the best athlete in Oakland's organization, which I love that line. It was so bold and so confident. Um, he's, he's got speed for days. He can play anywhere. There's not necessarily a spot for him right now, but you wrote about how this could force Billy Bean's hand when the time comes. But as for his debut, what was the goal? I think really they just wanted to see him out there on the field and just out there healthy. I mean, they've been chomping at the bit to get him into a game, but they've had to practice patience just because this is a guy that they're very high on. They're super excited about, and you don't want to rush him into a game um, if he's not completely healthy. And he had just this lingering left knee issue, um, that happened um, during winter ball, um, and I know the first weeks of first few weeks of spring training. Um, I think he was the one saying, you know, that he felt fine, but um, they wanted to make sure that he was completely good to go before putting him out on the field, just because there's um, no point in rushing it in spring training. Um, but you know, I can't remember a time when you know guys in the organization were this excited about seeing a guy, um, and this isn't a guy that's going to be on the big league roster when camp breaks, um, I mean, they're going to have him at AAA. Um, he's never played at the AAA level, so still some grooming to do in the minors. But, um, I mean, anyone who has seen him play just raves about how dynamic of a player he is. I mean, his speed is um, off the charts, it sounds like. Um, guys compa- comparing him to Billy Hamilton and, yeah. and really more than just his speed, but the way it affects his game. I mean, they're expecting him to be able to kind of between positions um, and I think initially they thought they would keep him at shortstop this spring but I think we could see him at second base and um, eventually center field so um, you know obviously all those spots are, are filled right now in Oakland um, so I think right now they're just kind of gauging where he best fits um, mm-hmm. but you know he played a few innings yesterday in his debut and um we didn't get to see a whole lot um, struck out in, in each of his at-bats, but, I mean, that's kind of you – know, you can't have too much, many expectations on a guy that hasn't mm-hmm. seen much live pitching this spring. So um, I think over the course of the next few weeks, maybe we'll get to see a little bit more and hopefully get to see that speed on display too. Another guy who doesn't have a spot but for different reasons, Brandon Moss, uh, DFA'd, and it's not a complete shock – but it's, it's an interesting situation, Jane. And so if you want to kind of go into the details, but mostly I'm interested to know, to know what does this mean for Brandon Moss and what does this mean for Oakland? Yeah, you know, it wasn't um, surprising seeing him DFA'd. I think the timing of it was a little bit of a surprise. I think, um, you know, going into camp, everyone knew that, um, you know, it was a long shot for him to make the team. There simply wasn't room. But um, given his track record, I mean, this was a guy – 
I mean, it's pretty good depth to have on hand. I mean, you know, your first baseman goes down, um, Brandon Moss can slide right in. Um, same thing with, you know, the DH spot, outfield. I mean, he can play so many positions and just has that track record. Um, you know, the power is obviously there. And so I thought that, you know, he would at least kind of last the length of camp um, or at least close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think right now, um, just given um, where the A's are at, you know, just the, the focus on youth. And they really feel like everyone else um, that was essentially in Moss's position, guys like Renato Nunez, Mark Canna, who can play um, both first base and the outfield and can DH, um, guys like that that were kind of all essentially fighting for that same backup spot. Um, you know, they wanted to, to give these younger guys a shot um, instead of Moss. Now, that meant, you know, even $5 million, which they are solutions at this year. And, you know, and if, even if a minor league team signs him, or not a minor league team, but even if a team signs him now um, as a free agent, um, you know, they'll only pay the, the major league minimum. So the A's can deduct that if he gets signed. But, I mean, I think everyone knows how wonky the, the free agent market is. And mm-hmm. there are so many guys out there um, yeah. that, you know, I just don't know that, you know, there's a need for him. And if there is, he might not be, you know, that first choice. Um, the good thing about him right now is he will come to for teams. Um, so, you know, maybe that will entice um, some teams into looking into him. Because I know that everyone around the A's does think that, you know, he has something left in the tank. Um, and, I mean, anyone that's been around him knows that he's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. I mean, one of my favorites over the years. Um, so I think everyone wishes the best for him and hope he latches on somewhere. Um, but the A's do still have several options um, for that backup spot, and it's a spot that might actually go to um, an eighth reliever. So they're still kind of trying to decide whether to, um, you know, carry eight relievers or have that extra guy on the bench. So, um, you know, either way, you know, they have choices other than Moss, and they felt like they had to give – the, the playing time, just the opportunity to these other guys. And, you know, I think it, it's not so much a surprise just because, you know, when they, the A's made that trade for Ryan Buckter and Moss um, with the Royals, I mean, they were, I think everyone knew that they were taking on that money just to acquire Buckter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they really wanted that, that lefty relief guy. And this is a, a guy that is under club control for several years. So in their minds, um, despite people saying, you know, well, that's a waste of $5 million. Um, they see it just, you know, as, um, as money well spent for mm-hmm. that, for that yeah, relief. I like that. Um, okay. A little more uplifting news for the A's fans who are listening right now. Last week we talked about Matt Chapman and a little hand injury, but it seems to be no worries for the third baseman. He made his debut and said there was definitely some rust to kick off, but what did you see from him, and is it full steam ahead now? Yeah, I mean, I saw a guy that looked completely comfortable at the plate, which I think is all the A's wanted to see, hoped to see. Um, and I think you know, after that first setback, he was a little, um, I think, hesitant going up there just because you never know how it's going to be. I mean, he had not faced live pitching in a while. Um, and, you know, I think once he got that one out of the way and, and realized that everything was feeling good, you know, the team then could feel good about him. And um, he's played um, twice now. 
and I think he'll start to pick up more at bats. Um, so I think right now, um, you know, it's kind of um, past him. Of course, they're going to keep a, a diligent eye on him because they don't want this copping up again. But um, he looks good and defensively um, looks like the same guy. I think for him, it's just getting those at bats um, ahead of the regular season. Okay, uh, we're going to kind of switch gears now, Jane. I want to talk about mound visits. This is a hot topic around every camp right now because the rules are changing this season. So teams are kind of trying to prepare for what it could be like during the season. It's so interesting to see such a big change happen to such a traditional traditional game. So six visits per nine innings, and that's anything that doesn't involve a pitching change. And you wrote... And I love this. It's not all groovy, though. A's catchers are still acclimating, as are the pitchers, who are having to find new ways to establish when a new set of signs are in play. So what have you seen from the A's? How have they started to adapt? And have they voiced any challenges on top of these that they've faced? Yeah, I think right now um, what I'm just seeing, hearing, um, I think it's the the biggest challenge for the catchers. Um just because they're so unsure, um, especially in the first few innings, you know, whether to use that mound visit. And they, they really have to, um, you know, communicate with coaches, the pitchers before the game to, you know, kind of establish some ground rules. Um, but for the A's, um, I know Bob Melvin is trying to tell them right now, like, let's, let's not worry about it. Um, it. It's spring training, you know, if you need to use a mound visit, do it you know this is the time to to work on things to communicate he doesn't want this to be overbearing um and i actually heard yesterday that um the a's um you know looked back on last year and only twice last year did they use as many as six mound visits so there was initial concern because you hear six and i think a lot of that is you just um, automatically factor in those, those pitching changes visits um, but you take those away and I don't think there's as many you know as, as you might imagine and so I think it was a relief for the A's to see that um, and now it seems like at least from Melvin's point of view he's saying you know what six is a lot six is you know we can work with that mm-hmm. um, so for the catchers I think it's more of a mental thing and just getting it out of their head um, and not per se worrying about it so much um, but I think it will magnify that pitcher-catcher relationship which is it's important to begin with but I think even more so now and just um, establishing you know a, a really good game plan ahead of time and um, and then you know using those non-visits when when possible but um, I think it's just kind of you know going to take some time to get used to um, in a game here recently um, we saw Chad Pender was at third base, and he um, used it on visit. He saw that one of the, the A's pitchers was struggling and really felt like that was a time that, you know, he needed someone out there yeah. um, just to kind of give him, give him a breath. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was kind of good to see just because <laughs> you see so many guys right now worried about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you can't, you don't want to, you know, leave your pitcher out there if he's, you know, really struggling and, you know, just needs that second. So, um, you know, it, it didn't cost them anything. You know, they used fewer than six that day and it ended up being fine. So I think it's just a trial and error and um, that probably goes for every team right now. 
Gosh, it's so interesting to me. You know, the game is already such a chess match, and now they've added this layer of, of additional thinking and strategery. Um, so I, I think I'm excited to see how it's used and, and what players think of it. Hopefully, though, for me, I guess as a fan, you know, I want, I want the game to also be able to – I don't want those guys to have to worry about, oh, I can't go do this because we exceeded – our, our visits or I don't want to waste it right now. You know, you want them to right. just be able to comfortably play the game. Um, but I guess we'll find out if it, if it speeds anything up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope at the end of the day, it's one of those things that we all kind of forget about and it's, it's happening without, yeah. you know, much fanfare and um, it just kind of goes unseen. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting, you know, if and when it becomes an issue and how they'll enforce it. I mean, it sounds like they'll be pretty quick quick with an instruction um so yeah i'm just kind of curious to see you know how it how it'll play out definitely and lastly jane just quickly you answered the coveted inbox questions this week and there were a few about the rotation so i kind of wanted to piggyback off of all those fans that asked questions to you uh, we noted that shamania has to stay healthy to lead this rotation with kendall graveman but the fans want to know has anyone stood out yet to fill the rest of the rotation it's been such a struggle for these guys this spring. You know, they're all working so hard and trying to win a spot. Um, but spring training is a time to work on things, too. So there's this balance of, you know, trying to get your work in and work on certain pitches, um, new grips, while also competing for a spot. They're trying to do all this all at once. Um, and we've seen some hiccups with the staff. Um, their pitching has been, I mean, their numbers are, um, they've been worst in the AL. Um, I think they still are. Um, but, you know, guys have had one good outing, one good outing. Um, so really, to this point, I mean, no one has um, really stood out. Um, I know that Paul Blackburn um, did pitch well the other day. Um, I think he has a pretty good shot at being in there. And I think that even though Daniel Mingdon has had a couple of subpar outings, I mean, this is a guy that going into camp, they were pretty high on for that number three spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nathan is in there. Um, and I know that the A's are, they've been so high on Andrew Triggs, and I think, you know, Triggs was missed most of last year. So I'm not sure, um, you know, that he is going to be ready. Um, I mean, they, he's built up to four innings already, and he's on the same schedule, but I just don't know that he's going to start the season in the rotation. Um, so, you know, I think it'll come down to probably Gerald Cotton. Um, and maybe, just maybe, if they change their mind, um, A.J. Puck. I, I still think that there is an outside chance. Um, and I know I've probably said all spring, like, no way, you know, they're going to hold off. And I really thought they would hold off until May or June just because of service time. Um, but... You know, if things continue this way, I think A's, A's are getting a little frustrated with their pitching nose right now. Um, I do think um, that there is just this tiny chance that um, he could he could work his way in from day one. Um, because you know what, if you're going to wait, you know, two months, then why not just have him at the beginning? Um, so I, I don't know. Um, that's just you know my inkling, but um, and maybe that's just. You know, my thinking of, you know, if this is the best performer and if he continues to be the best performer all camp, um, you know, how can you not have him in there? But um, we will see. I love it. Jane, you're bringing the heat 
You're bringing the heat. I'm in New York right now, and it's freezing. So I love this <laughs> so much. That's awesome. I think that Ace fans would love to hear that and love to see that guy start the season at the big league level. If you guys want to catch any of Jane's work, you can go to athletics.com. She's going to enjoy a few days of rest and relaxation and get back at it for another week of spring training. But, Jane, thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thank okay. you. With Jane Lee, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.